Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Jules. We are helping dental assistants get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Jules and I have been dental assisting for a long time. We may not be experts, but we sure are old. (laughs) What we're doing is we're going online. We're finding that some dental assistants are running into humps with their team, with their dentist, with the career field. We are dissecting them, pulling out those pearls, and helping you get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Well, hello, Miss Jules. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day, Miss Rhonda. How's it going in your area? Cold. So cold. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look at the temperature. Currently, it is nine degrees. Ooh, nine degrees. <laughs> what about you? Uh, we're at 56 and holding steady. <gasps> Ooh, heat wave. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to warm up to 66 today, but then tomorrow it's supposed to be really nasty for Halloween. Oh, I know. You know, it's sad because all the kiddies are ready to go and and stuff, but it's not supposed to be pretty outside. It's supposed to be really, really wet and rainy and cold. Too damper on things. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why you can go in the malls and that the churches are doing stuff. And then like a lot of people already did trunk or treat, you know, when the days were nice. We did. We did a Nemo-themed trunk or treat. I saw that. How cute. It was fun. I saw your you little brie. Darla. She made a good Darla. It was hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I did saw I see a post on Dental Assistance Worldwide group about, you know, an uh, assistant had convinced the doctor into letting them all dress up. And they're mm-hmm. like, what are some good I- functional ideas to be dressed up as in the clinical setting? Like, that's a tricky one. I know. Like, what have you done? We've just done t-shirts. Yeah. And hats, maybe. I've done, like... We have hats that look like fish right now and a shark. So I might wear it tomorrow. Although they're supposed to be wearing their Halloween shirts today, but I totally forgot that I don't have a Halloween shirt. Well, maybe I do <laughs> upstairs somewhere. I'll have to look around. <laughs> we all just have one set of scrubs that's got, like, the pumpkins on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I've done, I like two years ago, I did glitter tattoos on my forehead. Ooh. Like, they were like butterflies. Cause that way they wouldn't come off and I wipe my face, you know, after procedures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did hurt my skin a little bit when I came home that night and tried to take that, you know, body glue off <laughs> of my head. They, they could make some <laughs> Halloween masks. That would be cute. Yeah. You know, like Halloween printed masks. Or just decorate your disposable masks. It's one more right. barrier to aerosols. Hey. <laughs> You know, just get some cardboard paper and you could decorate it for patient. Yeah. You could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, I do not suggest wings. Um, I would just put that out there because I've done that and it's way too hard to move around the op. No. And you got to think though, you got to think of a costume that's going to have some ventilation too, because it is way too hot. You get too hot back there running around like a chicken with your head cut off. So you got all this get up on and then it get all, it gets all nasty. Ugh. Yeah. 
It really does. Halloween, you could just have a little Halloween party where people dress up and then you take your costumes off and work. Yeah. We're, uh, so I'm getting. For the social media and then take it all off to work. Um, I have to do Instagram live and Facebook live for the office today because we have the pumpkin contest. Um, and so I, I went through all of our social media last night, like Facebook, Instagram, I did all the paper votes and I tallied up a winner. And so the whole team is going to line up and we're, I'm going to announce the winner kind of like America's got talent. There you go. uh, So I'm going to do it all live and then we're going to present them with a, a a basket, but it's funny. It's funny because one of the doctors, she's like, um, I know what the prize should be. One, the winner gets one night with my toddler, Arthur. <laughs> and, uh, and we're like, Bring Arthur over. a great prize. And, uh, you know, it was just all in fun because he's teething and we know that she's not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Poor doc. So your she, kid's me. I know, right? She texted me last night. She's like, okay, I'm really not going to give away a night with Arthur. She's like, let's figure something out. So, you know, she was sending me pictures. I'm like, let's give them a lifetime uh, supply of toothbrushes. <laughs> oh my gosh, how funny. Uh, but we, yeah, so it was really fun. So that'll be, that'll be nervous sighting today to have to go live, but I know it's really good for the algorithms on our office pages. Right. So I'm going to do it. And everybody wants to know, like a lot of people voted and they, they, I think they want to know in real time. Who they want to know what's yeah. going on. And I know a bunch of dental assistants that listen to this show are doing that too. Maybe not going live necessarily, but um, have had pumpkin contests in their office. Oh, I know. I've seen them. They're so stinking cute. I like them all. I know. There's really smart ones, like stuff that doesn't look like, you know, it looks like you bought it at like Pottery Barn. Oh, I know. (laughs) I saw a pumpkin. I thought one was really cool. And I don't know if it was in our group or not, but it was floating around Facebook somewhere. But it looked like a witch's cauldron, and it had like the green on the side, and it looked like it was brewing, and the witch's feet were sticking out of it. It was so super cool. <sighs> I'm like, who is that talented? I know, right? So I've I've learned. Okay, so as long as there's no rules, like it doesn't have to be a real pumpkin. I really mm-hmm. think like like we did this at my kid's school. They took one of those pretend pumpkins and carved out a hole in it and put yeah. like foresting inside the pumpkin like it had lights and everything I'm like dude I want to do that next year if we do this pumpkin thing again like I want to I want to actually put some effort because turns out hopefully none of my team is listening to this episode but I am dead last in the contest (laughs) (laughs) I got a total of two votes (laughs) so many ideas I saw an office around here that I like has a pumpkin like carved out it's blue and it looks like a it has fish floating and oh, wow. they spent a lot of time on it. Really talented. 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 So cool. I saw one dentist. Something you could keep up all year round too. If you, I mean, if you don't use a real pumpkin. Yeah. If you, you don't use a real one, you can, ones, it can be very can intricate. Keep it up all year round. It's kind of cute. You know, like these are our pumpkins over the years. Yes. Well, one dentist, he did his as a ship. I saw that and he even did like a backdrop. And so like he cut the pumpkin in half. So the bottom half of the pumpkin is the bottom of the boat. And then he has like these staffs and sails and all kinds of stuff. That's it's cool. really fun. I like seeing that side of the dental team, like, cause it's, you know, it's not clinical. It's just fun. And it's just a, a great way to either be competitive or. Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, I just love how different it is. And it's team, team building. I think next year that'd be kind of cool to do for a team building event. Is everybody, buy them all a styrofoam 
thing and they have to decorate it and then have patients vote on their favorite pumpkin. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I think that's maybe what I'll do next year. Yay. And we did hey, not win truck or treat, which I was disappointed at. Mario Brothers came in. So oh. I guess you have to go with popularity. So I said next year we'll do like Minecraft or Roblox. Yeah, you got to keep up with current events. R- rescue paws. Nobody <laughs> wants Nemo. <laughs> Dr. McStuffins. You know, I was, I said, I'm going to run a fire truck and we're going to do rescue paw, or whatever, paw patrol, whatever that thing is. I don't have paw young patrol. kids anymore, so I'm out of the loop. Yeah. <laughs> you have to study up. You got to find the person in the practice that has the youngest child. Yeah. Well, that's how they said one. It, it wasn't the greatest trunk or treat, but because it was Mario and they had two Luigi and Mario running around, the kids voted oh. for Mario. Yeah. And not Darla. <laughs> so do we have a post this week? Oh, got, one more announcement too. Oh. If there's any dental assistants in Arizona that would like to come meet and see us, we're going to be at the Voices of Dentistry whoop, whoop. event in January. I think it's the 24th and 25th of January in Scottsdale, Arizona. But we would love to meet some fellow dental assistants and have them at this event. So if you're yeah. a dental assistant in Arizona or you can make it to Arizona, Check out the Voices of Dentistry Summit and come join us. Come lots join of us. Speakers. Oh man, yeah, I want to meet great Gina Dorfman. So bad, so bad, so bad. I know. I really we'll have to get her picture taken with us. Yeah, Gina, take a picture with the Abrock stars. <laughs> hilarious. She's so funny. Oh. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, what do you got for uh, post? Okay. So this one came out of the Dental Assistance Worldwide Group. And the member posted, what's your office policy on children, independent, um, only child in the treatment room, treatment? Our policy is no parents allowed during treatment, exams only. Today, I had a mother who hasn't uh, brought her kids in since 2017. My patient is eight years old. Number 19 requires a root canal and crown. Mom wanted to extract the tooth does not want any root canals, crowns, metal, or fluoride in her children's mouths. She's threatened to dismiss herself from the practice due to the doctor not allowing her in the treatment room. Mom threw a huge fit. She's a hovering parent and keeps me from doing my job. Her four-year-old also requires a pulp and stainless steel crown on K, which she is refusing to do. How would you handle this? Mm, I would let the doctor handle it. Um, I don't know. I always, you know, we like the patient get comfortable and then we ask the mom or the parent to leave the parent to leave, shall I say. So as long as the child is comfortable and cooperative, then we, you know, have them leave. Um, but if they're not cooperative, we just refer them out to the pediatrist or the pediatric dentist. Um, but I guess, you know, I think the doctor should best handle it with the mother. Um, but if it hinders us doing our job, that's the tricky part, you know? Right. Well, there's one thing to having the, the, the parent or guardian, whoever it, it would be, um, in having there to the comfort thing. But like, it sounds like this mom is just basically second guessing the treatment options or diagnosis by the dentist. And that might be something where you know, someone could say, you know, you're always welcome to a second opinion. Let me get you over to so-and-so. As long as you have somebody you can work with and refer to, whether it's a pediatric dentist or another general dentist or, you know, an endodontist, whoever, 
just say, let me, you have, get a second opinion because maybe if you offer the second opinion, they'll be like, oh, they don't mind if I go get a second opinion. You know, people don't know that they have those options to um, go get a second opinion. And with anything, just like medical, we go get second opinions. They tell you, you have breast cancer. You think you're going to go get a second opinion. You go get a second opinion. Yeah. You know? So I think, you know, maybe the doctor should offer her, you know, look, let's stop treatment until you're completely comfortable with it. And let me get you a referral to get a second opinion. Yep. And that takes the stress off of, you know, Mm -hmm. just not only the doctor, but the assistant and like, but I mean, I guess that's how I would handle it. I would tell my doctor, Hey, we need to, you know, maybe relocate or allocate some time in this appointment. If we can't educate the mom into understanding why this is important so that maybe she's more willing to accept treatment. Let's do that. Let's say that you have the option for a second opinion or, you know, how do you talk to mom? Let's say that, that this isn't, you know, that's not the avenue. How do you say, okay, mom, I just right. I need this one little space right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and giving them directions where they can stand and then say, yeah. you know, I think they just want to make sure the child's okay. And then they can, and then, you know, then they can leave, you know, um, it's kind of hard because they are minors and technically, you know, the parent is their guardian. So having them leave the room, I, you know, I have a hard time with that. Like, I think there's interfering and overseeing. They just want to see overseeing, but if they're interfering, that's when the issue is. I and mean, you understand what I mean? Right. So communication. Like it's okay is- if they just stand there and watch and you can explain and they go, okay. But when they start interfering into the treatment and telling you, oh, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. And it's taking you twice as long to get work done. That is the hard part. Yeah. So it acts up, you know, I, when I first worked in my very first, (laughs) you know, I'll never forget. He had a, I don't know how old they were in the chair, maybe six, seven, and they were starting to cry. And the mother was in the room and he said, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to ask your mother to leave the office. And the kids shut right up. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Oh, oh, okay. Great. All right. But sometimes <laughs> the the kids get worked up because their parent is in the room and they know that yes. they don't want to be there. And if they cry, they're going to get their way. So they yeah. don't have to be there. Yep. So how do you combat that? So you just have to kind of, you know, have the parent help you and not hinder you doing yep. your job. Now communication so. like this, this corner is yours. You can grab your child's feet as needed. Uh, I just, I need this space here. And I'm like, if you have any questions about anything that we're doing at any point, I'm happy to communicate through, you know, what we're doing. If, if that makes you feel better, mom and dad, um, yeah. you know, but it's just, it's going to be, there's going to be more situations like this now, I think with the internet and social media and fluoride. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is and, and you, you know, and you don't want to do anything that's going to affect the dentist's license. So you, we, we need to be careful what we say and how we say it, because ultimately it's their license. Yep. And if they get in trouble f- before the board, it's not going to be so much us. We are a reflection of them. So we really need to, you know, watch, you know, make sure we're not diagnosing and, and saying things that sound like we're diagnosing, um, but back them up and kind of construe their, you know, their message the right way. Um, but it's just, it's tough. It's tough. I, I could not work in a pediatric practice. Just know that. Ugh, yeah, it's hard. I love kids, 
but if they cry, I would cry. If they throw up, I would throw up. <laughs> you know, if they um, had a meltdown, I think I would have a meltdown. Oh, well, if parents, if parents are rude, you know, you see it in Walmart and Target or you see it out in public parents like I want to spank your B-U-T-T. And I'm like, Oh no, you're not like, you know, I would have a hard time keeping my mouth shut if parents were rude to their kids because it's a scary situation. There's a way to handle it, you know, or stop being a baby. <gasps> Don't talk to your baby. I know they, they want your comfort and love and support. And but I have a really hard time working in a pediatric practice. I did yeah. it for a little bit and work out. So, well. so it seems like, <laughs> it seems like there's, there's two rules of thought for this. Either mm -hmm. a parents aren't allowed back period because right. the kids do act better without that, you know, mm -hmm. that hovering parent or B, you know, the dentist wants accountability, the whole procedure. So they'll have the guardian in the room so that, you know, nothing ever comes about of it. Like you abused my child when they were back there, you know, just a right. insurance policy, but then you run into the situation like this dental assistant is where, you know, she's literally, you know, hampering her ability to do chair side. Right. And you have, and the dentist has right at any time to, to, to end the relationship. So if it's really not a mutual understanding, the dentist can say, you know what, I might not be the right fit for you. Let me give you 30 days emergency care. Let me find you another dentist and see if this will be the right, better fit for you. Yeah. We have yeah. the right to dismiss a patient. We just have to do it ethically and we have to do it to cover our butts the right way. Especially you know? if there's active decay, like what it's being described here and the mom doesn't want to commit to treatment, you know? Right. And, and that, and that's another part where, you know, you <clears throat> have a right to turn people in if they don't get the issues taken care of. Like where, you know, where our scope of licensed files for most dentists is, you know, if the mother refuses treatment and my husband's a teacher and he would get kids with toothaches and the parents knew about them and they had to turn them into social services. And then they would make them get them fixed. And once they get them fixed, you know, they would be off the hook. But it, these are important things. Kids can't walk around with toothaches. Nope. You know, and, and infections and, and stuff like that. Our job as parents is to make sure their well-being is okay, even if it's a decay. And as a mother with a child that had a lot of decay, it's mortifying when they say, oh, you have a cavity now that you might need a root canal. I'm like, what? I work in the field. That's you know, well, he's not in pain now, but he could be. And I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Yeah. So my kid was a carby kid. Wasn't yeah. a sugary kid. He was a carby kid. <laughs> it's a carby kid. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So what do you, so final, final, uh, final recommendation. You follow the doctor's lead. Yeah. And come up with some solid, consistent rules. And I think it needs to when you onboard new patients is that they know your expectations of what's going to be delivered. Yes. Like during treatment, parents aren't allowed in the rooms. Are you okay with this? If they're not okay with it, then that's not going to be the practice for you. Yep. I think you need to set your expectations for every patient that walks through the door. This is what we do here to care for your child or even you care for yourself. And if not, then they need to find the practice that's going to fit their expectations of what they want out of a dentist. Yep. Personally. No, I like that. Yeah. Communication, you know, do some role playing and then, you know, that way you don't have to worry about that situation happening again without a plan of action. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ms. Jules, what do you got? I got a post out of Dental Assistance Worldwide Group. 
and it's a good one. It's I've seen it float around, like, like just said different, stated differently, but it's always good. Does anyone here work up front? More specifically with insurance. I'm struggling with dual insurance and need advice help. P.S. I hate the front. I miss the back. So wow. why is she up front? <laughs> I'm jumping exactly. into that. They're really supposed to do Maybe it. they're short-handed though, and they and they just need you know they don't have the funds and payroll to allocate a role, and they have extra hands right now instead of you know yeah. hiring and hiring and so maybe they're just trying to or maybe she took an interest in it. So um, what do you think? Uh, well, if you're gonna do insurance, you need to have a good foundation. Mm -hmm. I mean, otherwise you can mess up a lot of stuff. So a lot in part of doing that is making sure that your dentist gets paid, right? You want the reimbursement from that insurance company. And if you don't send it out right, and if the codes aren't right, or the clinical notes aren't attached or the proper, like there's too many moving parts for just someone to just do it part-time. Right. I really think you need to know what you're doing before you start. Right. Because the last thing you want to do is file a bunch of stuff and it get denied. And then, you know, that comes back on you as the dental assistant who just happens to be working up front at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I, I just like with our practice, we like to keep, you know, someone has that position because then it's held accountable. Like everything is standardized and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it there's hard and it's getting harder and harder and harder because insurance is getting pickier and pickier. Like we even do IOCs of the prep now. So we oh, have yeah, the pre-op radiographs. Yeah, we have pre-op radiographs. We have the IOCs, you know, after the decay is removed. We have, you know, as many clinical notes as possible. It's just, I don't know. We, we started doing them after we got turned into Delta and got it on a peer review. Ew, how'd that happen? 10 years ago. Because we were doing too many Cerex and they thought we were doing them to do them. So we got in a six month peer review. So we had to send before, during, and afters. And I always re recommend this when I teach, you know, CEREC or talk to them about, you know, their records for insurance purposes is you should have a before, during, and after because then it holds you accountable and an x-ray doesn't show everything. An intraoral right. shows more, you know, yeah. make sure you have an amazing camera. Um, but always, always, always before, during, and after. So yeah, it's it's interesting. The insurance ball game is interesting and it will be changing. I think they're trying to more gear it towards medical where you have to have a diagnosis code for everything. Soap note, soap note. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So it'll take us more time to write a note than probably actual procedure sometimes, but yeah. we'll get there. But if you, you know, I think having everybody cross-trained as much as possible is a great asset for your practice. Um, because the balls won't get dropped, right? The, if someone is out and I know how to file insurance and make sure all the insurance claims go, then that person doesn't have to come back to 10 times more work because they were out for one day. So I don't feel like anybody should ever leave the office for a day off or vacation and feel like, oh my God, I hate going back because I have all this work. I think if we all help out that way, the person can come back and just pick up where they left off and just go back to doing their normal routine. So, but if you're going to go front, you know, get some great insurance training because there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Of, and it took, and I don't know it all. Trust me on insurance. I still learn. Teresa Duncan is a great resource. Um, there's a lot of classes out there that she hosts that you can just read her stuff. 
and you, yeah. and you can reach out to her and ask her because I'd rather have you find out the right way than the wrong way. And then you get audited or the claim doesn't get paid and then you get frustrated and then you don't want to do it anymore. So there's just a lot of stuff you need to know about in or out, how to read an EOB, coordination of benefits, uh, what are customary fees, you know, UCRs and all that stuff. How do you do adjustments properly? Because there's a lot of things that if you adjust off, it could be insurance fraud. And then if you get audited and your boss gets a little ding on the slap on the hand, it'll be your fault because you did it. Yeah, especially so when you're dealing with primary and secondary insurance. Well, any type of insurance. Oh. I mean, you know. No, but I mean, when two people have, see, I'm not, I'm, I'm mostly wet fingered, yeah. but when, when I have a, a primary insurance, plus I have a secondary insurance. So you have to file the primary first and then mm -hmm. allocate that certain fee that goes with the secondary insurance off of what the first insurance is in cover. Like that is a, that's a whole animal in itself. Right. And there's a lot of rules about primary and secondary if you're in network with yeah. both and coordination and non-duplication and, and blah, blah, blah. So the best thing you can do is get yourself, if you take over a role in your office with insurance, is go to them and say, hey, look, I want to learn more about this so I do the job properly and accurately. And I don't ever want, you know, because insurances can audit you at any time and say, oh, let me check that patient's record. What did you charge them? So on and so forth. So I think it's a great, great new adventure for dental assistants to work up front. I think dental assistants make awesome upfront people because we have such a clinical background. Yeah, it does make I hate mad. to say it, but I do. I think dental assistants really, because we know how to schedule, we know about the scheduling, we know about the procedures, we know what the doctor likes, especially if you've worked with one for so many years and then you get bumped to the front, you know what he likes or what they like. So it's just getting the skills to more advance your career in that knowledge of insurance that we have to hone and it, it doesn't cost a lot you could start out little there's lots of free stuff out there you could read I mean Charles Blair's books are awesome for insurance you can learn a lot from him like I said Teresa Duncan I mean there's so many out there that do the insurance thing so it's just getting yourself where you need to go so so you can yeah. excel it because you don't want to fail no, if you're going to make a transition like that, it, it, and you're going to regret it even more. I mean, even this, this dental assistant said, I missed the back. And it's probably because they're lacking that training. So it's stressful right. instead of rewarding. Right. And, and nobody wants to do that. With anything we do, it's the training, the implementation and training. Yeah. You know, learning something new is never a fun ball game. It's exciting. But if we don't do it properly, we end up usually not liking it. Yep. I was like, here's what I would do. I'd go to a fee-for-service practice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> you totally go front. Let's work. But is there really a true, I always say, is there really a true fee-for-service practice where they come in, you provide a service, and they pay in front and walk what? out? What? <laughs> that happens? There probably isn't. I would like to find one in this country that does not wait for the insurance check, whether they're out in, even if they're out of network, and... I have friends that say, oh, I work in a fee-for-service practice. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. And then I look at their account receivables. I'm like, no, you're still <laughs> letting people walk out without paying. I want you to be like Wegmans where you shop for your groceries and you pay for them as you leave. 
Yeah. I'm sure there's some oddball out there that actually can make that a sustainable business. And uh, yes. it would be neat to like do that. If Dental Cast Productions and Steady Ready went in there, like they did that one office, and then you could literally oh, yeah. watch how this works all day long, like how people come in and oh, pay for absolutely. what they get. Yeah. <laughs> but every office is great and we all have our different qualities. But if you're going to switch to the front, just get yourself some training. Yep. Even how to answer the phone. Yeah. Yep. More so information, much. the better. And it's, 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 it's usually how you say things. People mm -hmm. hear it differently. Like, yeah. like they are saying, you know, don't say we don't accept that insurance, you know, because right. if somebody says, Hey, do you accept this and this and this? And they're like, Oh no, we don't take that insurance. Like that's wrong. Cause you're letting the insurance dictate their decision. Right. You know, what's the mm -hmm. proper way? Okay. Let's role play. You ready? Ring, 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 ring. This is where you answer. Oh, <laughs> Hello, thank you for calling Smith Dentistry. How can I help you today? Hi, yes, do you take a uh, blue triangle and triangle? Well, of course, we accept it as a contribution toward our dentistry work here at this practice. How can I help you get an appointment morning or afternoon? Oh, so yeah, okay, sign me up. <laughs> you did it in one sentence, like that was so efficient. You never say we don't take it, guys. As a courtesy to you, we are happy to file any Just, insert. You have to find out where their, the conversation is going to go and, and how can you help them. Because you, you can take it as I say it, we take it as a contribution. Whether we're in or now of network, it's always a contribution. Because they're never going to give you $1,000 towards that crown if the crown's $1,000. Right. And it's always a benefit. It's not traditional yeah. insurance. It's just a contribution to help you afford the care of your mouth. Yep. So, you know. Then, oh, one more thing before we go. What is your mm -hmm. opinion about like outsourcing? You know, because I know there's a lot of companies now that you can actually have somebody else file your claims for you that's not in the practice. I think it depends on your volume and what you're looking for to get out. We outsource some of our verification, but it's all electronic. It's all you know, with a click of a button, you know, people aren't calling for us and verifying, but there are companies out there you can hire to sit and call and verify all the insurance. Um, you know, if we are not in network with insurance, I think it's the, the patient's responsibility to know. We try to help as a courtesy, but um, I think outsourcing, if you get, if you're a high volume office with like two doctors and seven hygienists and you know, crazy amount of people running around. That's something that is, if it's more productive and more efficient and, and costs more than having someone in the office, costs less than having someone in the office doing it, absolutely outsource it because there are, there are better methods to be more efficient with things that we do. You right. Know? And who wants to be chained to a desk if you're such a high volume verifying insurance and dealing with insurance claims? when there are experts, you can utilize your time otherwise. And there's tons of experts and companies out there that do it for you. They right. have a system down, they have it mapped out. So I definitely think you just have to look at your volume and how much time. I mean, if you're paying Sally Sue 50 hours a week and it's taking her a lot of time and she really doesn't like it, you know, and you could pay a company 20 hours a week and they get it done in half the time and it's accurate and everything, then that's something you need to look at. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of companies out there that do it. And I think it's great. 
you know, just like with your account receivables and billing patients and, you know, there's a tons of stuff that can be outsourced, but it's just, is it going to be the right fit for your practice? Yeah. Very cool. More efficient and productive. Yeah. I mean, everybody I listen to, they're always like, you know what you want the person in the office to be in the office, not on the phone or on the computer. Like you want them to be an actual moving part in the office and not, um, kind of, I know for myself, I cannot sit at a desk all day and just call insurance after insurance, after insurance, after insurance, after insurance, after insurance, after insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, Miss Jules, I want you to the the fabulous update. Hey guys. You're all rock stars. Enjoy right. your day. Because tomorrow's Halloween. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Jules. As always, if you guys need to get a hold of DA Rockstars, we have Facebook and Instagram, Jules Varney at Dental Assistance Rock, Instagram or the website or Facebook. And find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group is a safe, vetted place for dental assistants where we're connecting and sharing our stories and learning together as a tribe. At the end of the day, we only hope for you that you are a better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today. And that starts by finding your people who are motivated to do better and be better. But until next week, keep on suctioning.